Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Our online audience, our Worship Harvest family in Nairobi, we say hello to you, Mo and Revman, the rest of the team there. Our global audience, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we are going through a series at Business Garage called Engaging the Nation. And this series is about uh, seeing what government is doing for business people out there. Most times uh, we look at government as an enemy. But we know that government is doing a lot of things out there to facilitate our business. So this series, uh, for the rest of this month, is going to be focused on that. We're going to be bringing things here for you to learn, people and organizations to learn from, on how you can be able to run your business in this country with the help of government. And this morning I have uh, with me Ronald from Enterprise Uganda. First, give him a round of applause. Ronald, you're very welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, and before we hear from Ronald, I want you to share the link. Share the link to your family, friends, your business groups, and anyone you know, because you're going to learn a lot of things this morning. So Ronald, you're very welcome to Business Garage. Uh, at Business Garage, we start with Okutumira. Huh? We ask you to send greetings to someone. So before you tell us who you are, first send greetings, and then tell us who is Ronald, because people out there want to know who you are before they hear about what you're here to tell us. Go, go ahead. Uh, good, good morning. Praise God. Lovely. Uh, I think I'll send my greetings to my wife, Brenda, who made sure I get here by 7 o'clock. So I'm very excited to be here. Uh, yeah, so my name is Ronald Mokasa. I, uh, I work with Enterprise Uganda. I look after research, innovation, and learning at Enterprise Uganda. I've been part of the Enterprise Uganda team for close to about 11 years now. Uh, Enterprise Uganda is an organization which focuses on building small and medium enterprises. Largely our work is business advisory services, so that's the work which we do. Uh, I'm a father and uh, I am also a husband to Brenda. I'm a father of three, uh, three little people. I hope they are awake to watch this. I'm not very sure, but uh, <laughs> I should send them greetings, eh? Yes, so Isaiah, Ethel, and, uh, and uh, Nehemiah, I send you greetings. All right, thank you, Ronald, your family man. I've had some more stories about your leadership, eh? but you will probably get to that later. So, uh, Ronald, tell us about Enterprise Uganda. People out there hear it, uh, but they might not know. Uh, tell us is it a private entity or a public entity because there's a story there to tell but also tell us what you really do what you're out there for yeah so enterprise uganda is an institution which has been in existence since 2001 this year we are making 21 years uh, it's a public private company it's a foundation in nature and not not for profit but it focuses specifically on uh, supporting small and medium businesses. One of our biggest clients is government who supports the, the, the work which we do specifically for young entrepreneurs, people who are starting out. Uh, largely our focus is training and advisory services. The training part, we have a number of products which we do, which we offer for training, but we also have 
a lot of advisories largely focused on the entrepreneur. Our methodology is what is called the Empretech methodology. Empretech is, uh, was born in the uh, United Nations Conference for Trade and Development, UNCTAD, that's what they usually call it. And at our founding, we really at the heart is the Empretech methodology. And Empretech really focuses on the behavioral competences of an entrepreneur. So a lot of our work focuses on you as the entrepreneur and how you can be able to behave in a way that your business can succeed. Wow, all right. So I know the story. I've heard a lot about Empretech, but we'll get there later. So you said you focus a lot on SMEs. Yeah. And most of the people are online. By and large, there are lots of SMEs. So why, why SMEs? What's the story behind SMEs? Why not big organizations? And also you say that government is your client, your major client. Tell us that, and then you can tell us about SMEs. Yeah, so uh, we, uh, the, the work which we do, we, our, our founding members include the government of Uganda and uh, UNDP and a couple of other private agencies which came together to form the foundation which we call Enterprise Uganda today. Uh, but when we think about why SMEs, it's because of the critical role they play. The numbers are clear. About 8 million jobs are created by this sector called SMEs. And uh, there is a clear Hold definition. On. 8 million jobs are created by this sector called the Over SME what sector. period? No, I mean, if you, if you said, let's count all the people right who have now, jobs right now. Right now, 8 million people employed in this sector in the called SMEs. SMEs. Wow. Exactly. So when you think about an SME in Uganda, according to the SME policy, uh, a business which employs less than five people, that's called a micro, uh, micro, a micro business, a business which employs between five and, uh, and 50 people, that is what we call small. And then a business which employs between, five, between 50 and 100 people, that one is called medium. But if you think about any business, you quickly notice that of every 10 businesses, eight businesses kind of fulfill that criteria. But also the fact that if you think about how many people are being released in every university, a university like Makere may release 4,000, 5,000 students. The question is that how many jobs are promised by the system actually exist? The job where you apply and then you get into that office. You may find that give or take about 20%. That means you have 80% of people who are going to actually be absorbed. Either they have a choice to start out uh, their own businesses, to get employed in the family businesses. And when you think about the SME sector and its dynamics, it is very critical. So it's not just the jobs, it's the fact that it is where livelihoods are actually built. However, many of us get into this sector without, with limited preparation. And many actually get into the sector out of circumstance. There are no choice. You feed you, my family. Uh, you have you to, want to get a quick earning. Yeah, I mean, your wife tells you to go out there and get something to do. Make so a you living. Start, Stop exactly. sitting at home. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, irrespective of the circumstances, as a country, we can't ignore it. But we also, as a young country, we are a country which is also attempting to kind of get into what you'd call a reasonable status as a nation. And what that means is that you need to grow businesses which you can export. So one of, it would be exciting if one of the exports of the country is 10 businesses every year that these ones we have taken out. When you see a brand like 
like cafe javas in nairobi you get excited because that means there are some three four ugandan managers who have to cross and that's kind of the job creation which we speak of so the process of this young person starting that business to growing a business which can be exported that is the journey which we kind of work to complement wow uh, so you're telling me, uh, if, if, if I'm getting you right, that government is interested mm. in, in SMEs, mm. in the young man or woman who is out there and wants to start something. Mm. But I can tell you most people don't know. Mm. Most people don't know because they look at the side of politics or what's not happening right. Mm. Now I want you to tell us, as Enterprise Uganda, how are you working with government? What exactly are you doing for these entrepreneurs who you want to grow into a business to export what programs are what programs are in place and when do they happen just give us a brief of you can start with one or two as we go on yeah so uh, our premium program program is a program called the etw which i think you've also attended it i uh, did it yes yeah uh, it's a program which focuses largely on the medium-sized businesses and the focus here is to help the entrepreneur identify 10 behavior competences that make entrepreneurs win. Things like persistence, fulfillment of commitments, things like uh, opportunity seeking. And we help the entrepreneur see those things in them, but we help that entrepreneur start to practice them. So if, for example, I have been running, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm making, let's say, cosmetics, when you think about what that means for when you talk about quality, what does that mean and why is it important? Or that pursuit of continuously improving quality. Those are messages which come through. So that's one of our premium products. We have a product which is called Best. Best focuses on the young person who has finished school and is struggling to start out. And uh, it really talks about how to develop an entrepreneurial mindset. It talks about how to put that mindset into action. And this program actually is all over the country. It's a program which you will find in Serere, you will find it in Shema, you will find it in Zombo. And really what we do during this program is for five days, we sit with the young person and we say that first of all, you profile what is available to you. We kind of will state the, the facts. One of the facts is that you finished school three years ago and you haven't started working. That's kind of right in front of you. That's, that's there. The other fact is that we are waiting for this opportunity to come, but it's not coming. And I think you can see that. But then we start opening together, opening our eyes to what opportunities actually exist. And the objective of this is for the young person to notice that, all right, I mean, I may not have a job, but uh, I'm living on my father's land. What can I do on, this, on my father's land? There's a young man uh, called a lawyer who him when he went through this program, what he noticed is that his, fa his father has land next to a stream. So with him, he went out and started digging a pond in that land. And that initiative to take action and start where you are is really what the program focuses on. Then it demystifies some ideas like the definition of capital. We talk about seven sources of capital in that program where we say that when you think about capital, I mean, you can go to a bank and get money, but it's unlikely a bank will trust you when you have no evidence, no track record. Uh, you could talk about your savings, but you may not have them. But we talk about things like supplier credit and, uh, and how that can be something which you use to start. 
the fact that you can talk to someone and say, you know what, you trust me for one week. When I sell, I will actually return your money. And you being trustworthy enough to return the, the, those proceeds. And that could be really your startup capital. So we talk a lot about those messages. We talk about uh, the, the, the barriers and the, the, the barriers in our society which have defined. You notice that most young people are willing to actually start out, but their parents are also not letting them. Because when the parent is told that the young person who you educated all the way up to university, their big idea is to go and start making bricks, it just doesn't connect well. So even the father will say, you know what, let's not go into that space. Because, you know, a lot of entrepreneurship, when it's starting, it is a bit, doesn't look very nice, whatever it is. I mean, if someone tells you that he has a product, he's making, uh, he's making tea, for example, when you go behind and see what he's actually doing, he has, a, he has to kind of dress up and sit and start pouring tea into small packs. And that doesn't look as exciting as sitting in an office. So With a tie. With a tie. So that, that's really the message in there. And uh, that program, we have seen a lot of progress. I think close to about, to date, close to about 30,000. No, no, actually, actually, I think that number is about 90,000 now of young 90, people. 90,000 young people. Who have gone through that program. You have trained yes. to become and, entrepreneurs. Yeah, and we Ladies have Ladies and gentlemen, we deserve some celebration here. Yeah. You see, training 90,000 people is not a simple task mm. because every year the university releases how many? About well, some. About 10,000. About 10,000. About 10,000. 10, yeah. So basically running a mini SME university and that calls for some serious celebration. Mm. You know, uh, you've, been, you've, you've brought many thoughts to my mind uh, when you talk about the young man who is making bricks. Uh, I know one of the things you really, before we go into the, 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 the details of Enpretec, is encouraging the young people out there to do what is seemingly odd jobs. That's why you scale it a lot out of town. Mm. I want you to tell us what's your finding, uh, wh why, as you are doing the training, what are some of those things that are hindering people, that mindset of the father telling their child, you're not going to make bricks, mm. but you're out there training people. And that, I see that a lot in Kampala because in the city center, lots of people don't have work, but they don't want to do the odd jobs. What's, what's the story there? I think, I think every young person is kind of walking a tough path. I mean, if you have been through school, in, uh, directly or indirectly, there is a promise which the school is giving you. In primary school, in secondary school, you start clearly seeing yourself working in a bank. You start clearly seeing yourself. And, and this is a certain tenu. mindset. Exactly. It yeah. builds a certain mindset. And I think the shock comes when you finish school, for possibly your university or your diploma, and then you notice that that promise doesn't exist. Or it exists for very few people. And, and I think that is really shocking. And it isn't a shock to just you, the person who has finished school, but it's also a shock to your parents. Because your parents actually betted quite a bit. Some sold cows, some sold land to make sure that they fulfill this promise. So that means that immediately after school, there is kind of a reality which hits many households that actually what was promised doesn't exist. I mean, there were, when we were in school, they were, they were told there are courses which are safe courses. If you do this, things will never go wrong. But you still find that even in those courses, people are struggling today. Or if they have jobs, they are not happy with the, with the remuneration which they're getting. So, 
that reality is really what we attempt to focus on. We take a lot of time to say that, first of all, you need to have an acceptance of where we are now. But then you also need to have an appreciation of the possibility that, that exists and the opportunity which exists. I mean, we have a, a young man uh, somewhere in Serere who attended uh, one of the sessions. And uh, this young man, for him, his big idea, I talked about bricks specifically because of him. <laughs> he had just finished a technical course as a welder. But he had spent about six months in town, in Serre town, without any, say, what can I do? But really what he started with was making bricks. And he made bricks first sale, then he could start welding. Today he's supplying to the local government of, 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 uh, of Soroti and a lot of the Teso region, saying I will supply windows, I will supply, but that's the journey. And it is hard to articulate that journey at the beginning. But when you think about the country which we are in, those are what we call the low-hanging fruits. I mean, when you think about what will a median young person start, it is looking at the problem within the community and you solve it. And that problem may be uh, a, 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 an evening restaurant. Ooh, and I think restaurant is putting it so by, by I mean it's just under the tree a joint, a joint yeah. an evening joint and that's that's your idea but being able to practice good business practices inside that business and when you talk about good business practices the fact that my joint is outside with an old table does that mean I shouldn't bring a cloth and clean it does that mean I shouldn't have good customer care does that mean that I shouldn't fulfill my commitments that when I get uh, when I get uh, supplies from the lady who sells matoke in the, in, the, in the market, I actually pay the year 20,000 at the end of the day as I promised. And if I can do that, that, that 20,000 will become 200,000. That's where the, 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 the bit is seated. So the, what we are trying to do as Enterprise Uganda is to get these lovely, and when you think about ETW, ETW is a high-end product. Yes. But we have tried to get what we call best practices. And we say, can you practice them in your small business? And can that consistent practice translate into success? Thing. I like that. Uh, recently, uh, in, the, in the papers, mm. uh, you had how Uganda had gone to middle-income status. Mm. And there were reports that actually that's not true. Yeah. And we are still there. Eh? And what you're talking about is productivity. Mm. There are so many people out there who live in communities which have solutions, rather, which need solutions. They have problems that they need solutions. But they are not as productive as they want, as they should be. Mm. And what you're doing is pushing, nudging that guy mm. to start something small and create an economy for themselves or for their community. Yeah. So that's very, very powerful. Now, a little bit into the Empretech program, because that's a bit now high-end, mm. before we go to the BAT. Yeah. You've not done justice on its foundation. Mm. What, how did it start? And what is it, who is it out there for? Mm. Uh, the story of uh, the UN and trying people to realize that actually you can learn entrepreneurship. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, uh, the, the, the Empretech program was developed in the 80s, and uh, this was the late 80s, between 86 and about uh, the 1990s. And really what they were attempting to do in this program is to explain what makes an entrepreneur successful, what behaviors make an entrepreneur successful, and can those behaviors be learned? And I think why it was important is, as you rightly mentioned, 
they are they were they were people who are retiring and then you say if i've retired that means i can't now become entrepreneurial but the point is that if we can be able to distill and say what are these behaviors that entrepreneurs are practicing and if i also practice them i can be able to 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 to, to kind of deliver so they kind of came up with 10 competences and these competences are really at the heart of the etw the the the, the entrepreneurship training workshop and these be these competences what the training tries to do is to help the entrepreneur notice that you could actually have them and you have more of some and less of some so you talk about the fact that entrepreneurs are opportunity seekers they come to a place and where others see problems for for them they see opportunity you talk about the fact that they are persistent the fact that when we are willing to stop them they push a little further you talk about the fact that they fulfill commitments that they make promises that they keep that i can say give me 10 million shillings i'll bring it in a month and in a month i bring that money and i don't turn off my phone the fact that they demand for efficiency the fact that they take calculated risk what does calculated risk mean it means that when an entrepreneur looks at an opportunity they will ask how much risk am i taking on so if you are pitching to an opportunity uh, to an opportunity to someone who can't calculate the risk some people may wonder that i went to an entrepreneur he has a lot of money i told him about cryptocurrency for example and he didn't buy it but it's a response the entrepreneur is saying i can't calculate this what this risk that is how they behave their goal setting they seek information they they're systematic planners but also the fact that there is a dark side to all of this that you can be able to stretch it a bit more so it's an engaging uh training in that training you are supposed to start a business within a week it's I a six-day training well. you start a business it's supposed to be profitable or at least loss making but it has to start meanwhile you're in class mm. yes and i think that the foundation of that is it was really also tailored for people who are employed exactly. who have entrepreneurial uh, aspirations mm. but are struggling to work as well as uh, start their business so would encourage anyone if you're employed mm. and you want to go out and start business try that program uh, and i know some people have asked some questions which i'm going to ask and i encourage you to 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 ask as many questions as possible you're going to tell us later mm. Uh, where these programs are, how much they are, because some of the questions that are coming in yeah. uh, about that. Uh, Ariwa Kamara is asking, have the people of Enterprise Uganda documented these stories into a comp compendium of some kind to encourage others and give them a lead to follow? Yeah. Get some material, because you've talked about stories, especially mm -hmm. the ones out of town, where young people out there are doing in, uh, amazing things. Do you have uh, a place you can find those stories yeah so uh, uh, quite a bit has been documented uh, i think uh, on various platforms uh, some on our website some are in booklets uh nomad has made some lovely pieces of work for us at uh, at a moment with some of the documentation there but we also are currently running a program where we invite one of the entrepreneurs for one and a half hours on ntv every fortnight yes. Uh, and uh, it's called the business x-ray most of them are still online and in this really the business person tells their story we have had people from all parts of the country people doing businesses like making seedlings others the person we had last 
last week was a, a gentleman who is making paint we have had school owners and all these entrepreneurs tell the same story now what what is important is to notice that the the behaviors which we talk about in etw whenever an entrepreneur speaks you can start picking them out one by one you can see areas where the entrepreneur has practiced independence and self-confidence that everyone told him this thing can't work and they still run and they actually delivered on it uh, those are the messages that come out so that is something we'll also be glad to share a couple of links with the team so that we can be able to uh Prosy is asking how do we access these programs i think is there a space online where yeah. we can find out so if you go to our website the you can are. there's a whatsapp number there you can just send a message through and that can emily be is asking how much these trainings cost mm. uh amanya is asking what are the requirements to join best or etw mm. all right should i go yes okay, good. You can go for that. yeah so uh yeah first of all the cost of the training most of the trainings are heavily subsidized uh, because uh, public resources are used so they are subsidized programs that's where our taxes are exactly so yeah. the government has has subsidized the number of these programs yeah. when you go up country at best if i am if we are delivering best in uh, kapele beyond for example each participant is expected to pay 5000 shillings now when you think about 5000 shillings it looks like little money but there are very few programs where someone says this program is supported by the government but you have to make a contribution and why we believe in it we believe that the charge really gets by so that the, the prices will be different you'll go to when you're up country they are really minimal but they have to exist so that someone buys in you the etw could could be close to about 400,000 now for the for the week but many of them are heavily subsidized the idea is that one of the big wins of government is that when business succeeds in a way inevitably everything raises one of the most complex things to do is to create a job and a sustainable job it's very complex and at enterprise Uganda we are convinced that responsibility falls squarely on the entrepreneur if the entrepreneur is doing his work the jobs will be created so the question is how do you create an environment and a support structure which allows that entrepreneur to create that job and i think uh, programs like ours and many others that's really the gist that we need to focus on the entrepreneur to do the work which he needs to do all right there's another question here from grace munira is asking what exactly is in the etw curriculum I know we've touched a little bit about it, but also I'll add to that both what, what, what is in the curriculum for ETW and the best. So the curriculum for ETW largely, as I mentioned, focuses on these 10 behavioral competences. One of the key things of, in the ETW is how it is delivered. It is what you would call a practical behavior change program. So it means that there are exercises which are being done for you to be able to kind of display for example i talked about you have to start a business mm. whenever we tell people at the beginning of the training you have to start a business they usually say no they're not serious by day three they notice some people have started and have already made sales and some people start in the last two days and they win but that is you saying that you have to take initiative you have to have a mindset that i can be able to move when you talk about risk taking there are exercises which are done so in the curriculum 
all the 10 behaviors are focused on, but it is done in a very practical, there, there are very few what you would call lectures in, uh, in the ETW. What it is, is you doing exercises. You will go through 55 questions which will help you profile yourself. And these questions at the end of the profile of the questions, you will quickly notice that, by the way, I think I am strong at opportunity seeking, but I'm very weak at fulfilling commitments. That means that I find opportunity. Someone says, by the way, I, have the, I make the most lovely dresses. I am great. Then I say, can I order five by Friday? You, you seize the opportunity, but then on Friday, there are no dresses. <laughs> so then we say that you need to do work on making sure you fulfill commitments. Yeah. So these programs kind of try to deliver on that. All right. Uh, so once someone asked a question that I was going to ask at the end, but mm. I'll ask it now. People want commitments. So how can we work together? Mm. Worship Harvest or School of Practical Business, which we have here, you yeah. know about it and mm. business garage how can yeah. we work together with uh, enterprise uganda no i i, I commit, think commit people are waiting for your no I, th I think certainly first of all we are very honored to be invited to this platform the work which we're doing i think i was telling you before we came here that one of the important things is the ecosystem working together because this message needs to be amplified and the work which you're doing here is similar to the work which we are trying to do out there and i think there are areas of synergy possibly joint trainings those discussions we are going to have uh, we want to make sure that we have an uh, we have a session which happens every week on thursdays and uh, they, 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 there are many opportunities of collaboration that i think we are going to seize and that there is a commitment from our side for sure to get that done all right as we come to a close so thank you so much for that commitment you see people are excited yeah. As we come to a close, earlier you told me about three core things uh, that you've, you've done research and are really focused on. That's youth unemployment, business survival, mm. and business scaling. Now, we've talked about youth, youth unemployment. Tell us about business scaling and business survival briefly. Yeah, I mean, the last, this last one year... Especially what you've had yeah. out there, what is out there. And I mean, the, the EPRSC came out with the research, I think, about a month ago, and over the COVID period, on the businesses they were researching directly, and they were researching a big sample space, they had lost about 400,000 jobs. So the next two, three years are going to be about building just resilience of businesses. Even a business which keeps in business during this period is actually doing very well because there are so many punches coming. The costs of uh, production, the costs of inputs, uh, then the COVID we are coming out of. So when we talk about business survival, that's what we are talking about. What we have is what we call our Thursday session. It's an online session. We'll be able to share at 9 o'clock every morning and we focus largely on business recovery. What do businesses need to do to recover? But when we talk about the side of uh, business growth, really the solution is having businesses that expand to become pillars to hold our economy. And when we say, whichever sector you think about, you think about honey, you think about, you think about agro-processing, you think about minerals. Every mineral you think about, you have to ask yourself, which enterprise is the anchor on which we are seated? So we hope that, and our dream is that, if Samsung can be exported from where it was exported to here, 
a day can reach when there are Ugandan brands that have been exported out of this country. So that's really the big goal. And when we think about, even though we succeeded and we had just a hundred of those, that if you walk through the streets of Nairobi, you say, oh, that's a Ugandan brand, that's a Ugandan brand. Even in things as basic as banks, you, we don't see our banks being exported. So the, every, every business is on a journey of growth. And that journey of growth is where your business advisor is actually seated to keep pushing you. Many times when the entrepreneur builds a big business that can look after him and his family and enjoy, they forget that they're not just building for that, just that group. They're building for everyone. So just, I'll finish with this story. Just last, uh, last two days I spent them at Numa Feeds, as I mentioned. Numa makes, anyone who takes Numa products? Yeah, some good big fans. So we were with their team in Kawohe, and they have done a big, big job. Numa is a business which is about 25 years old. And Numa is big right here in, in Kampala and in a lot of parts of... But you won't find it on shelves in supermarkets uh, in, 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 in Kenya. You won't find it on shelves. And the next 20 years are about that, that it is the biggest brand carried by Carrefour. Those are the questions we need to ask. And that means that that business needs a special kind of support to ensure that it delivers that. So that's the section. That's the final section that we look at. Wow, thank you so much, Ronald. You really explained to us where our taxes are, in a mm. nutshell, for me. <laughs> yeah, if you're struggling with paying your tax, you know where your taxes are. So I like the fact that you're out there, you've gone to train entrepreneurs to make them better, to help them scale and do all these things that businesses should do in order to have our economy better. You know? So thank you so much, you. Uh, Ronald. Uh, I've not seen any other question and I think we'll close at that. Uh, but before we close, I would like to invite you. Uh, there's a, a breakfast, a series of business breakfasts called Thrive. Here at Worship Harvest, and with, together with School of Practical Business, we've set up a series of business breakfasts. And the purpose of this business breakfast is to help us uh, go through this season. Uh, what he's, he's talking about is a tough season, but we're going back to the basics, the fundamentals of running a business. And we're going to be facilitated by two amazing people, Apostle Mose, our very own, and Director Grace Munira, who will take us through tools, basic practical tools that will help us run our businesses better. And those, that, those breakfast series are going to happen every Thursday, starting this Thursday on the 14th of July. And they'll be there for the next five, uh, for the next four uh, Thursdays. So every business, every session is 50,000 shillings only. And you're going to be guaranteed of networking. You're going to have coaches. And you're going to learn very many other things. So I encourage you to be there and, uh, and, and join us at those breakfasts. I'm sure on the social media platforms, the link to sign up is, is being rolled. And before we close, as we normally do, first of all, let's celebrate Ronald for downloading all that for us. Thank you so much. And send our greetings so to the whole of Enterprise Uganda. We love you and we love what you're doing. So thanks for supporting our economy. Thank you so much. Uh, but just before we close, as we normally do, I uh, want to give an opportunity for anyone out there who has not accepted this God, this God who has given us the opportunity to work, to run businesses, to create wealth, to change our economies, basically to create heaven on earth. Uh, if you've not got the opportunity yet to say, I surrender my life to you, Jesus, this is the opportunity and I want to offer it to you. So if you're out there, uh, maybe you've never made that decision to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to say this prayer with me. Wherever you are, just close your eyes and say this prayer with me. And thank you, Lord. 
for this opportunity you've put in my midst this opportunity to surrender everything of mine to you to accept you as my lord and savior so right now i want to give my life to you uh, take my life and do something very significant with it in the name of the lord i pray amen so if you just say that prayer uh just there's a number on the screen just call that number and you'll be guided uh, on the next steps. The number is 0775-642-449. 0775-642-449. Call that number and the person behind that number will guide you on what to do next. So thank you so much for joining us at Business Garage. Tune in next Sunday. We're going to have uh, Uganda National Bureau of Standards to tell us what they're doing out there for us. But also stay tuned in right here for the 9 a.m. service and 11.30 service. Thank you so much and have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. Say